<laughs> and now we can start. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. If you build it, they will come. Joel, you seen that movie? You seen that movie, Joe? Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. In our 670 of the score studios, Jordan Malley. Shout out to Jordan Malley. Did Matt Peck get a signed copy of that book? No, Matt Peck, he didn't. No, no. I'll talk to D. Rose. Yeah, you got, you're going to make, make Matt, it happen. And Matt, you will be getting your book soon. <laughs> Kick back and get ready for the best hour of your day are players buying in jim i yes fair enough and so all i was saying on this podcast the locked on bulls podcast locked on bulls five days a week locked on bulls starts now you can just see the vibe here are your hosts jordan malley and matt peck what's up and welcome into locked on bulls part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i'm matt peck also host the bulls outsiders on nbc sports chicago following all 82 bulls games this season you can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host Jordan Malley at Jordan C. Malley. And you can follow us at Locked on Bulls. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked on Shy Bulls. Hit us up via email, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. And of course, that text and voicemail line is always there for you. Our fellow Bulls fans at 331-979-1369. Well, happy Monday, Bulls fans. We are in All-Star Week. Bulls have just one more game on Tuesday against the Washington Wizards before getting themselves a nice, long, and very much needed break uh, over All-Star Weekend. They don't play again until next Thursday after their game tomorrow. Zach Levine will be participating in that three-point contest on All-Star Saturday night uh, amid the festivities, but uh, no All-Star game, sadly, and uh, the Bulls also unless we get a lot of dropouts from that USA roster, will not have a representative in the Rising Stars game as Wendell Carter Jr. made the selections but is hurt, and Kobe White didn't make that initial roster. A few things I wanted to get to on today's show, uh, give you a few of my thoughts, what I liked and what I didn't like about the loss to the 76ers on Sunday night. Also touch on um, some of my latest thoughts about Zach Levine, um, he was on the J.J. Reddick podcast recently. It's a great listen. I highly recommend you listen to it. But also some news regarding Zach outside of the Bulls uh, as the preliminary 44-man roster for the USA men's basketball team for the Olympics in Tokyo this summer was announced and his name was not on it. And then, because I haven't talked to you all since Thursday, uh, and I recorded Thursday before hearing from John Paxson uh, and his thoughts at the deadline as the Bulls stood pat, I'll give you some of my thoughts on what we heard from the Bulls VP, John Paxson, explaining why they didn't make any moves and uh, his thoughts on on how this season has gone and where they go from here. So starting out with this loss to the Sixers on Sunday, um, the Bulls uh, got punched pretty hard in the first quarter. They were down 13 after the first quarter, and um, you thought this one might work its way into being a blowout but credit to Zach Levine who was even questionable to play in this game because he's been dealing with some neck soreness you saw him wearing some of those uh, strips uh, you know along the backside of his neck in that game and um, I think it's pretty evident now that and you even heard Zach talk about it in some of his postgame comments that you know he knows how much this season has been a disappointment not only for himself uh, including, you know, this recent all-star snub, but this team that perhaps is a big reason why he is not an all-star. 
This loss put them at 19 and 35, a season worst 16 games under 500. But he still went out there and played in a game that he certainly didn't have to play in. There, there are no stakes at this point. You know, some might say, "Well, hey, the Bulls, you know, they're they're still in that hunt. They're they're only a few games out of that eight seed because the East is that bad." But if you're if you're being real with yourself about the remainder of the season and the schedule of the remainder of the season, this is not a playoff team. The loss to this to this Sixers team on Sunday put the Bulls at zero and nineteen on the season against the top eight teams in the East, the playoff bound teams in the East. Oh, and 19. Nothing about that says that the Bulls, even borderline, are a playoff team. And now, especially with certain players on the shelf, we're waiting to get back Lowry, Wendell, maybe Otto at some point. Who knows? But this is not a playoff team. So because we know that those stakes are low or non-existent, and because Zach Levine knows that, he had every right based on everything he has done for this team this season, to just sit out a game that meant nothing. But he stated at the beginning of the season, as did his, uh, who was supposed to be his co-star, Lowry Markin, and the playing all 82 was the goal this season. Now we already know that that's off the table for Lowry as he's nursing this pelvis injury. But Zach, to his credit, has played in every single game so far this season. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he does it. At some point towards the back end of this season, especially uh, post-All-Star break, games in March and April, which is a brutal schedule for the Bulls. A lot of road games, a lot of games against playoff-bound teams. For everything that Zach has done for this team this season, it might be wise for him and the team to come up with some kind of you know shell injury to put him on the bench in street clothes to finish out the season because why risk an injury to your best piece in a season that's dead? At the same time, Zach showed you last night what his character is. The makeup of a guy who says, you know, I know our team is struggling and I know I could take tonight off if I wanted to and I'm not feeling 100%. And he's battled through a few other nagging injuries throughout the season, a tweaked ankle here and there. But he went out there and balled. And he had a tough night taking care of the basketball. He had nine turnovers. And we've seen some of those games from Zach before in his Bulls tenure. But he also poured in 32 points, got hot from three-point range in the third quarter, and brought the Bulls back in and made it a game against a Sixers team that has their issues but is damn near unbeatable at home. Sixers were 23-2 and two at home coming into this game against the Bulls last night. And Zach, to his credit, and he got some help. You know, no really nice night, career high, 25 from Luke Cornett. But once again, it was just Zach leading the way. 32 points, 8 assists. Also chipped in on the defensive end, as we have seen him do a little bit more this season with three steals. And he did it on a night when he didn't have to play. The dude deserves the respect of this fan base. I know that there are some out there who are not believers in Zach and don't think he could be the best part of a good team. But he's the best part of what we have right now. And there's no denying that. As I just mentioned, you know, also credit to Luke Cornett, who has been forced into more duty, has been forced into a starting role on this team that doesn't have Lowry and doesn't have Wendell. 
10 of 14 from the field, 4 of 8 from behind the three-point line, and a career-high 25. And he benefited from some decent ball movement by the Bulls last night. He was active, uh, you know, making cuts to the basket in addition to, you know, finding himself open behind the three-point line. And uh, I think he also was the beneficiary of sharing the floor at certain stretches of this game with Zach and Kobe White, which was another thing I liked about this game. We haven't seen a whole lot of Zach and Kobe sharing the floor together, but I think as we move through the season, as long as they are going to let Zach play before shutting him down to prevent you know risking an unnecessary injury in a dead season, for the benefit of both of them and for the benefit of this team and to make it at least a watchable product for the fans for the remainder of the season, why not play Zach and Kobe together a lot more? Because they're the only two guys on this team who can create their own shot. And when you have them on the floor together, it makes this Bulls offense at least somewhat versatile and somewhat difficult to guard. Because when it's only Zach or when it's only Kobe, especially with our current list of injuries, it's a simple defensive solution for whoever the Bulls are playing against. You double the man on the ball. Triple him at times. It's what Zach has faced a lot in this recent stretch, and to his credit, he's still finding ways to score, even when he's double or triple teamed. And he was getting to the basket a lot last night, too, not just shooting from outside. And I think you all know that at the beginning of the season, and certainly through the you know the beginning and middle stretches of this season, I was against the idea of starting Colby White over, say, you know, Sadoransky or Chris Dunn when he slid into the starting lineup, just because I, I still think he's pretty raw and has been in, in some ways inefficient. I think some of that has been the fault of Jim Boylan's system and what the Bulls are asking Kobe to do versus what Kobe is good at doing. But especially at this point, when you're trying to salvage some kind of usefulness out of this season, see what else Kobe can do. And, you know, whether it's starting him or whether it's, you know, just staggering rotations in a way that allows Kobe and Zach to play some significant minutes together, as they did last night, it's at least one piece of development for one piece of this young team that you can put in your pocket for the future. See what Kobe can do playing on and off the ball with another competent scorer in the backcourt like Zach. Let's let's see that. Let's see what it looks like. And then my, my one biggest gripe about this game, you know, other than Jim Boylan getting booed by another stadium for a late-game timeout that seemed wildly unnecessary, is the whole Daniel Gafford thing. You know, we know he's been uh, nursing this injury. He came back from the thumb and then had, uh, you know, an ankle tweaked uh, in a recent game. And then you saw him out there playing like mop-up garbage time minutes in a game where he looked like he was hobbling and limping around the court and you were wondering why the hell he was out there. What's the point? You know, you're, you're down by a zillion anyway. Why is this guy who's clearly hurt out there playing? And then the Bulls have him as questionable, along with Zach coming into ga- the, the Sunday game against Philly. And then they declare him active. He's suited up, ready to play, and is a DNP. And asked about it after the game, Jim Boylan said, you know, like, I, large, I liked our rotation tonight, and, and, you know, Daniel will get his chance. I'm sorry, but in, in what logical world does Felicio deserve minutes over Daniel Gafford? 
One of them is a $32 million punchline whose playing days in the NBA are over as soon as this Bulls contract is up. And one of them is a promising steal of a second-round pick. A rookie who has showed you a lot of promising things when he's gotten the opportunities this season. So look, if Gafford's nursing some injury, then don't play him. And don't dress him. But for him to be dressed and active in this game and not get into the rotation because Boylan says he likes the rotation of Cornette and Felicio. And again, like, credit to Cornette. He had a career night. <laughs> Felicio, what are you going to say? He had a career night because he had 13-7 and seven off the bench in 19 minutes? No. It is completely illogical if Gafford is healthy that he is not getting in the rotation because Boylan prefers Felicio. Nothing about that makes sense. Not a thing. So, just be straight with us. If Gafford's still not completely healthy, then don't dress him. And don't tell us that he's active. Because dressing him and telling us that he's active only makes us question why the hell he's not playing because you like the rotation of Cornette and Felicio instead. Especially when you're talking about what matters now in a dead season, and that what matters now is development and giving younger players the opportunity to play and get better. Gafford is way more important to this team right now than either of those other guys, Cornette or Felicio. Felicio especially. So why wasn't he playing? Doesn't make sense. Today's episode of Locked on Bulls is brought to you by Echelon. To get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in shape, in the best shape of your life, is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym again. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Buy an Echelon today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited-time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. This spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League Spring Training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. Follow your favorite team to 10 different stadiums covering 15 major league teams in 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within just 50 miles of each other. You can meet your favorite players before the games, get their autographs, and that's not all. There's so much to do and see nearby. Check out amazing restaurants, including tons of craft breweries like Four Peaks, Angel Trumpet Ale House, and Goldwater Brewing Company. 
Enjoy live music from local and national artists. Explore museums featuring everything from native heritage to modern art to musical instruments from around the world. Bringing the kids along to spring training, Arizona's a fantastic destination for families. Family-friendly resorts and hotels offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages. Water parks, horseback rides, wildlife parks, science museums, aquariums, and dude ranches. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. That's visitarizona.com slash springtraining. All right, let's talk Zach Levine a little bit. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show that um, he did a great interview with the J.J. Reddick podcast um, when the Bulls and Pelicans played recently. And uh, they cover a lot of ground, um, you know, from J.J. asking Zach about his all-star snub, which I think, um, you know, Zach, once again, uh, in this podcast, eloquently explained, you know, why it is that he didn't make the team and knowing that winning has a lot to do with it. Um, but also holding his ground to say he he knows that he's one of the 12 best players in the Eastern Conference right now. And I would probably agree with him on that. Um, he, he also confirmed uh, a notion that a lot of, you know, Bulls fans wonder about with Zach, which is, you know, why not do the dunk contest again? Well, I don't want to be known as just a dunker. Um, and that he said if he had made the all-star team, that his goal was to participate in everything, to do the dunk contest and the three-point contest and play in the all-star game. But because he didn't make the all-star game itself, that, well, I still want to do something, but dunk contest has been there, done that. Um, and he also said that, you know, in all honesty, it's it's tough to keep coming up with creative dunks and, um, and, and that, uh, you know, he felt like he didn't have anything more to prove in that regard. And I completely understand that. Um, he also, I think, had some pretty enlightening things to say about his, uh, his, his season with the Bulls and what the Bulls are going through um, and having, you know, once again being on a team that's not winning, going, you know, from a team in Minnesota that was rebuilding um, after ha- trading away Kevin Love and being a young player on a rebuilding team to being traded to Chicago and being a little bit more on the experienced end and asked to be more of a, a face of the franchise, more of a leader while still fairly young, all things considered, but again being thrust into the start of another rebuild and how challenging that's been for him because he just wants to win so badly. Um, but it, you know, there were also some things where obviously Zach is uh, – you know, a class athlete who is not going to say anything negative about the organization he plays for, especially knowing how rich of a history it has. And I think he's very proud to be the face of the Chicago Bulls right now and wishes that they were better. But, you know, like Reddick was asking him about like the, is, is there still a, a leadership committee? And Zach was kind of laughing about it and saying like, I, dude, I don't know. And he had a brilliant comment, um, that I thought just you know beautifully encapsulates whatever his frustrations must be this season to say there are a lot of things that go on here where when I'm asked about it I say I don't know man I just work here which you know I think I don't think that's him skirting responsibility and trying to get away from a leadership role I think that's him just doing the best he can to laugh off a situation that's clearly frustrating honestly and it's like how I deal with it as a fan sometimes whether on this podcast or on outsiders like things are so bad things are so ugly and, and there's so much negligence and incompetence throughout this organization, and so much of it is out of your control. Whether you're a fan or a player who's the best player on the team, as Zach is right now, that's still out of your control, and all you can do is just laugh it off, man, and hope that better times are ahead. and Do everything within your power to be your best self, whether that's as a fan or whether that's as Zach Levine, the face of the franchise. 
But I think it's clear with some of his comments in this podcast, uh, chatting with JJ, JJ Reddick, that Zach's, Zach's trying to buy his time and he's trying to do everything he can and do right by the fans of this organization. And, you know, it includes what I was just talking about in the first segment with him showing up and playing in a game against Philly that he did not at all need to play in, given the circumstances, playing through an injury, playing hurt. But I think it's clear that this, you know, it's important to have a, a strong marriage between best player and coach. And, you know, elite coaches in the NBA aren't everything. It's very much a player's league. The players win. The players win the games. But we all know. <laughs> hey, remember when Zach Levine offered to pay Jim Boylan's fine last season? That was that was cute. That was a cute moment, right? Dude, <laughs> Zach is so ready to be rid of this guy. And it's it is pretty obvious. He's still I like and you know, to his credit, he has not bashed Jim Boyle in any way. He said some things about coaching and you know, that's not my call kind of comments after games, especially games when the Bulls once again lose late. Um, when they lose late in winnable games when Boylan has made questionable decisions, you know, Zach's been straight up about it. And you know, he's been straight up about everything this season. I you know, I really liked his comments. Um, in their game the other night where the, the Bulls brought back, uh, you know, a big deficit because of like the random Adam McCoke game uh, and, and the Bulls trimmed a, a large deficit down to a smaller one. And Zach after the game was like, hey, man, like game was over at that point, in my opinion, like, you know, happy for Makoka for getting in there and making the most of his minutes. But like, come on, man, like we got our ass kicked. Zach's been real from start of the season through now about everything and I think you have to respect him for that because clearly it's been frustrating for him so definitely listen to that interview he does on the Reddick podcast it's really good Um, the other thing with Zach right now uh, is the news we got yesterday Mark Stein among others tweeting out the list of the preliminary 44-man roster for the USA men's team heading to the Tokyo Olympics this summer 44 guys and Zach Levine is not one of them and, you know, a lot of them are names you would expect, including 29 players who have played for USA Basketball in either the Olympics or FIBA World Cup competitions before this. 31 Olympic or FIBA medals um, among them. But it's kind of surprising to not see Zach on this list when you think of other players who are. I mean, Harrison Barnes, he's a guy who's been involved in USA basketball before, but is he a better player right now than Zach Levine is? That's debatable. I mean, there are a few others on the list, like Joe Harris, really? Kyle Kuzma, really? JaVale McGee? And, you know, there's a surprising name, but then you're getting into, okay, well, so so many players that play this position and so many players that play that, that position, you know, obviously Levine and, and McGee are... Um, different as far as what they provide for a basketball team, but just names of players who you you look at and say like, like are these are are these players all really better than Zach Levine, like Miles Turner, Derek White, young talented kid for the Spurs, but is he better than Zach Levine right now? Mason Plumley, Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart's a great player. Is he better than Zach Levine? Maybe for what he brings but it's just like it's a list of 44 NBA players and you just 
you find it hard to believe that Zach doesn't deserve to be on this list, especially above some of these players. Whereas, you know, making a 12-man all-star team is hard. And even if Zach feels like he's one of the best 12 players in the East right now, for a 44-player list? He can't get on a 44-player list? It just seems kind of like a like a snub. And you start wondering about, well, why might that be? And, um, you know, there, there are a few different potential explanations. One of them being that we did learn when we heard about the, the FIBA World Cup roster and those being invited to participate in the camp leading up to that uh, last year that Zach, when we were confused as to why he was not included originally, we later learned that, the, that Zach Levine turned down an invitation to join that FIBA World Cup um, training camp. And it's because he was nursing a little bit of an, a, a, a nagging ankle injury. And that maybe if he weren't on a bad ankle, he would have accepted that invitation. And we also do know that USA basketball tends to prefer players to compete in both the FIBA World Cup and the Olympics. And obviously the Olympics mean more. They are a greater, you know, uh, honor and a, a greater thing on your resume and a greater thing to have in your trophy case, an Olympic gold medal, assuming the USA would win it, or Olympic medal of any kind, than a FIBA World Cup medal. But you got to pay your dues and play for the FIBA World Cup team to get that nod to be on the Olympic team. So perhaps that's an element to it. That Zach last year said, ah, I'm on a bad ankle. I don't think I really want to you know, commit myself to FIBA World Cup right now. I really want to commit myself to having a really strong offseason and, and leading this Bulls team to the playoffs next year. Obviously, that didn't happen, but you can understand that decision at the time. So maybe that has you know an element to what um what we've got here we also maybe might learn later that zach was invited to this and said no thanks although that seems much more unlikely i think right now what's more likely is that he didn't get an invite because he turned them down for fiba um it's unfortunate the other thing about this that might have been a factor and it maybe was a factor not maybe, it was a factor for Zach not getting an all-star nod, is how little the league respects the NBA right now. And not just the league NBA, but also how little USA basketball respects the Bulls right now. Because there were, I believe, representatives from 23 or so different NBA teams on this list of 44 players, and the other teams that were left out among the Bulls as having no one, no representatives on this 44-man roster for USA basketball. Garbage teams. Bottom-of-the-barrel US, uh, bottom-of-the-barrel NBA teams. This could be another example of how little respect the, the Chicago Bulls have in the basketball world right now. And again, that's just speculation because we don't know the full story yet because we just got this list yesterday. But it's hard to believe that there is no element of that being a factor when you think about just recently, as far as the all-star selections go, it was undoubtedly a factor. Zach Levine putting up all-star numbers, doing amazing things, 
and trying his best to lead a team that has been mismanaged, miscoached, poor roster construction, and not a whole lot of talent around him. And that talent has started dropping like flies in the middle of the season with various injuries. He's out there balling every night. I think he deserves more respect, more respect than he's been given. And we'll see if that had an element to his name not being on this list for Tokyo Olympics. It's frustrating, and it's hard to ignore. All right, last thing I wanted to touch on today is the comments we heard from VP John Paxson last Thursday after the Bulls stood pat at the trade deadline. Um, not at all surprising what we heard from Paxson, which I guess is kind of a continuation of the norm. Bulls fans, every time we hear that we're about to hear Paxson speak, say, well, gee, I wonder what version of nothing he'll tell us this time around and how many times we will hear the word injury or injuries. Go figure. More of the same. Uh, Paxson said that a big part of them not making a move was that they didn't know what they had and that it's you know hard to make a trade of assets that you have when you haven't really been able to fully evaluate what you have because of injuries, which is bullshit. Um, the, the Bulls made a huge move at the deadline or before the deadline last year when they took a gamble on Otto Porter Jr. and got rid of Jabari Parker, who was their own failed experiment and their own dumb decision, along with Bobby Portis, who had turned down a fairly lucrative contract extension from the Bulls earlier that summer. That was year two of the rebuild, and they felt comfortable making a risky trade like that. Year three of the rebuild, they don't make any trades and cite the not knowing what we have as a big reason for it. How do you know what you have less so than you did a year ago? Yes, you have some new pieces, you know, Sadoransky and Thad in free agency, but you know who they were. That's why he went out and signed them in free agency. And then, of course, the rookies, Kobe and Daniel Gafford. But the other pieces on this roster are pieces that you've had and that you had a year ago. So I think the we don't know what we have is bullshit. It's a cover. The far more likely real answer is that when you talk about hypothetical trade pieces, the big names like Zach Levine and Lowry Markkinen and, and Pax did touch on those, they are still very much committed to as big parts of this rebuild. We know Lowry's frustrated. We're hearing that the Bulls have made him aware of the fact that things are changing. Their change is coming uh, especially with this offensive system that has relegated him to being a shell of his former self and that they value Zach very highly, not just because he's on a team-friendly contract, because, but because of everything he's done for the organization this year and the high-quality player that he is. So it was unlikely that they were going to get an offer for either of those guys, and especially Zach being the one that we heard the Bulls did receive calls about because of how much they value them. Not shocking to me that they didn't deal either of those guys. The other names, the second and third tier players on this roster, like Chris Dunn, Thad Young, and Denzel Valentine, I think Chris Dunn's trade value, which was minimal, but he brought it from zero to a non-zero number with his play this season, went back to zero when he got hurt a week before the deadline. MCLs are tricky. He's already a player through you know a rookie length of, of, of a contract has had several injuries and has had issues staying on the floor and he's hurt again 
So his his trade value was squashed a week before the deadline. Thad and Denzel, look, you know, one of them's a not entirely happy vet who just signed here in free agency last summer um, and, and could be a useful piece for a playoff-bound team, a well-liked veteran in the league, but the only team we heard having ties to potential interest in him, the Clippers, went a different direction and uh, got Marcus Morris instead. So there's that. And Denzel Valentine, I mean, for whatever inexplicable reason, and maybe some executives across the league could see that it's just a, a dumb coach playing favorites, but, but you know, for whatever reason, Boylan has had him in the doghouse. He's been in the doghouse. And what executives around the league see is a guy who can't get into the rotation on a team that's 15 games under 500. So who's calling to make offers for that guy? Who's giving up an asset, even if that asset is just a second-round pick, for that guy? I think more so than we don't know what we have, which was a bullshit answer from Pax, they didn't get offers. Nobody around the league is paying attention to the Bulls right now. Nobody around the league respects the Bulls right now, and nobody's willing to give up assets that they have to get any of the assets that the Bulls have because the Bulls' assets right now look like collectively dick. Sorry. And, of course, the other comments that we heard from Paxson were not at all surprising. Blaming a lot of things on injuries. Saying, you know, well, we got to get guys back on the floor to see what we have. Talking about Lowry and Wendell and Otto. And he expressed optimism that they would be getting all three of those players back by sometime towards the back end of February or early March to, you know, use 20 or so games to really evaluate what they have. How completely obtuse and ignorant and offensive is it to the fan base to hear that? It's nothing more than a bald-faced lie and an excuse. Because guess what, John? Yeah, you, you, you lost Otto nine games into the season, but you were three and six through those first nine games with Otto when you theoretically had a very easy schedule. And outside of Otto, and yeah, you know, Hutch dealt with injuries early this season. Boylan refused to play Denzel, so your options at the wing were limited. You did that to yourself. You built the roster. We know that Otto is an injury-prone player, and if he went down, you would have a lot of problems. Well, he went down, but you still had, other than that, a collectively healthy roster. All of the other main pieces of this rebuild, Lowry, Wendell, Zach, Kobe, Everybody's healthy. The other two free agent signings you brought in, Sadoransky, a starter, Thad, really important bench piece, healthy. And to blame what you're going through on injuries, dude, Wendell only went down a couple of weeks ago. Lowry only went down a couple of weeks ago. Halfway through the season, your team was garbage, despite them being healthy and on the floor for the entirety of the season. Up to that point. But we all know this. We all knew that Paxson was going to say injuries, injuries, injuries. It's a joke. Oh, but God forbid we do something to change up our medical staff. (laughs) And, you know, maybe at this point Paxson is just, you know, providing lip service to a coach who he knows is in over his head, who he knows was a mistake of a hire, and he can't just bash Jim Boylan. I mean, he could. 
The Bulls have no problem bashing players. But to say, you know, I give Jim credit for not giving up on his guys. You know, he's he's still out there. He's trying to coach him. He's trying to do right by him. He's trying to lead him. It's insulting. It's insulting to a fan base that can see with, with our own eyes what exactly is going on here. Jim Boylan's not a good coach. He's actually aggressively a bad coach. He doesn't put his players in position to win. He puts them in position to lose. And then he gets behind a podium every night and says, we battled, but then never takes accountability himself. What about that is a coach that John Paxson should be supporting right now? Nothing. But he knows that he can't give up this public support of Boylan yet. And maybe there are some big changes on the horizon, but Pax picked this guy. He gave the okay on this guy. Who is making the Bulls even more of a national embarrassment than they were when it was just a, a young, struggling, rebuilding team led by Fred Hoiberg. They are now a bigger joke because of Jim Boylan specifically. So, yeah, not surprising, but still frustrating to hear Paxson's comments after the trade deadline last Thursday. And who knows? We'll see. We just got another interesting you know, element of, of rumor or speculation from Mike McGraw, who does a really good job covering this team for the Daily Herald, uh, with a column the other day saying that you know the Bulls might be getting ready to give John Paxson the, the Kenny Williams treatment uh, when the, the Sox pegged Rick Hahn to sort of step in. And they kind of gave uh, you know Kenny like a hollow, fake promotion as to an advisory role, but really they took you know operations away from him. And gave him to someone else. And maybe that because Jerry's so blindly loyal to Paxson, they'll do something similar. Well, Paxson will step aside from, you know, basketball operations and big time decision making and become an advisor to the Reinsdorfs. And that they will actually bring in a fresh voice GM who will make decisions. Let's hope that's the case. And let's hope that that new person's first decision is to tell Jim Boylan to get the fuck out of Chicago. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, Hopefully we are due for some pretty exciting events, All-Star Weekend. Uh, If you're going to be in and around Chicago for the festivities, um, don't, uh, don't be shy. We got some fun stuff planned for NBC Sports Chicago. I know John and Big Dave and I are going to be doing some stuff this weekend, including a live podcast recording from Highline uh, downtown, uh, which is open to the public. So come hang out with us there if you want to uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, And we'll also be doing a live watch party uh, that we'll be streaming and broadcasting for the three-point and slam dunk contest on Saturday night. That's just... uh, part of a lot of coverage that NBC Sports Chicago has on deck for All-Star Weekend. Before that, Bulls have one more game tomorrow against the Wizards uh, before they get to their much-needed All-Star break. We will be here tomorrow for another episode. From our partner Jordan Malley, Matt Peck saying thanks for listening, Bulls fans. In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Bulls underscore Peck, Jordan C. Malley, Locked On Bulls, and that text to voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace out. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com 